0: What it is, what it do, you tune in to the Jose Morales podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and I'm back in the ring with episode 13. And this week, we're going to be talking about the male influence, the fathers, the all the dads out there, um, and what it is to be raised without a dad, feeling unloved, and the importance of having that positive male role model at home. This is going to be a great episode for everybody, not just those that are raised by single mothers, not, not just the single mothers, the fathers. But even if you are not any of those, maybe you have someone that is or something. Trust me, you want to stick to it and listen to this one. It's going to be good. I'm actually going to share also a lot of personal stuffs that, to be honest, makes this episode a little bit harder to talk about. I just to bring it up and to be real, I'm going to be 100% real with you. This is the second time I recorded this. First time I recorded it, it killed my fucking mood. I couldn't talk about it. I was a little depressed. Scott was like, hey, it's good. But I was fucking down. I was feeling down. I didn't like it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put this episode out like that and have everyone listen to it and get all depressed and not feel good about it. So this is where take two comes in. And this is where I want you to understand how it is to be in that situation and know how to deal with it and also how to be a friend with somebody that is in this situation. Before I get into that, I'm going to give you updates about the gym, everything that's going on and how this episode even came about. Um a guy came in, I'm going to call him Luigi. Luigi came in and Luigi um is driving from caught from God to here to be a part of this gym. He boxed at a gym in caught he checked out of various different gyms. He boxed as a kid. He was a troubled youth, and he wanted to be here. And, and And I, and when he came here, he he couldn't. He said he couldn't afford it. So I, I like to, I like to get to know people first, kind of get where their hearts at, where their goals are, why they want to be here before I just start giving away stuff for free because I want to make sure you, you're gonna appreciate it. So I set this meeting up, and I'm talking to him. And he started giving me his, his, um, his history of how everything's going on. And he mentioned how he feels like he never had a male, positive male role model in his life. And not even a positive male, just a male role model. First, his older brother is homosexual. He's gay. His father, um, is deaf, so he said he had a really hard time just really connecting with him. He said he could talk to him, he just couldn't connect with him. And I kinda, and when he said this to me, I kinda, as he's telling me all this, for some reason it felt like deja vu, like I was living through all the pain that I had as a kid, and now I was feeling it when he was telling me this. Cause as he was telling me this, his his eyes just showed pain. Just by looking at him, it showed that he really still carried this pain with him. So we're talking and he mentioned that as a teenager, he boxed, but then he was troubled. He got into gangs. He came back as an adult. Things were quite the same. And he's just struggling with finding himself. And that's why he wanted to be a part of this gym. He's like, I saw on Instagram, I saw videos of you. I saw how you are. And honestly, I needed to be a part of this. I wanted to heal. And the only way I was going to heal was by being with someone that was going to help me. But been there and understands the process to get me healed and and finding myself. And he said, I feel like that person's you, Jose. And again, I just hearing these things, it made me just appreciate that I was for sure ready to help this guy. And, and I wanted to be there. And then that's where that, that, wanting to make this podcast grow, you know I was like honestly I didn't really want to make this podcast because the things I have to talk about but I wanted to make it because of people I can reach and help with this podcast and Luigi motivated me to it and thanks to Luigi I'm gonna make this podcast happen and that is why this podcast is here for you to enjoy this week first before anything I wanted to say something, I feel like, um, uh, the court system the world, everything makes, uh, or at least maybe it's not true, but they make it seem like fathers are secondhand citizens. Like, uh, we are a child really doesn't need their father or the everything's mother way, the mother's way, the mother Da da. da a baby can't survive without his mother. And honestly, the baby to raise a man or a woman a grown woman, strong independent woman or a strong man, you need both. You don't just need your mother, you don't just need your father, you need both. You learn things from your mother that you're not going to learn from your father, and you can learn things from your father that you're not going to learn from your mother. And I'm going to share you I'm going to share with you my story of how it was with me. And before anything, I was raised uh, by single mother, as you guys know, my mother worked all the time. I did not see her in my in my my young age uh, until I started working as a teenager. Is literally when I started seeing my mother more because she worked less. But prior to me working, she was working all the fucking time. And I'll give her props to that because she wanted to provide the best life for me. So she bust her ass because she didn't. She could have worked a little less and probably been at home with me maybe a little bit more, but she wasn't gonna have the the quality of life that she provided for me. She always made sure I had a house. Uh, You know, she took care of me. And that's thanks to my mother. I was always alone. I was always, I always felt alone. I have a sister who is six years and a half, about seven years older than me. And when I was a kid, she was, so. for example, when I was six, she was 12, 13 years old. Uh, she didn't quite, and I get it. At the time, now I look back at it, I'm kind of like, "Damn, my sister was a bitch. Like, the fuck, I hated my sister. And as a kid, I did, I hated my sister. But as I got older and I understood things, like now I look back, my sister was a kid and she was my mother put her responsible for me. She was responsible to watch over me. She was responsible to feed me, to take care of me 7 days a week as if she was my mother. So, imagine being 12, 13 years old having to take care of your little brother and not only is your little brother annoying, but this motherfucker has a hella energy. And that's who I was. I had a shit ton of energy. I was always running up and down the house, jumping everywhere. I love fighting, I love wrestling. So I was fucking doing the people's elbow to her when she was sitting on the couch. I was jumping around. I was just a very hyper kid. And what this would cause, this would cause a lot of tension between my sister and I because she would yell at me, I didn't listen. So then what would happen? She will fucking hit me. And now we're full on brawling going to town on each other, beating the fuck out of each other with no adults to be found. And that's how I end up with scars on my head. And that's how you end up in the ER. And with these things going on, now I can say you're laughing and cracking up. But at the time, I was, I just wanted affection, you know what I mean? I was running around because one, I needed somebody to play with. I needed someone to pay some sort of attention to me my sister was being a teenager. So she was doing her nails. She was doing her hair. You know, she was trying to be her live her life. And what is for a teenager to be a female teenager And me? I was trying to play. I was a little boy. I was trying to play and then getting tossed, um, getting put in like, um, Oh, just go stay where your aunt, because she's going to watch you guys this weekend, go to this, go to that. And being at Christmas, um, or or holidays with other families that, yeah, they're my family, but they're my extended family. You know, They're my cousins. And I'm sitting there during Christmas and people are opening presents and looking at a gift that says Jose, but it's for a different Jose. And and just getting all teary-eyed and just getting all sad and feeling like, and the way people look at me, like people always looked at me as a kid. And for some reason I can feel this, like it was yesterday of how people looked at me and people looked at me as stay away from him. Or you don't want to be with him. So I always, subconsciously in my head, I just always felt unwanted. I don't know if that's how it was for real, but that's how I felt. I felt unloved. I felt empty. I felt very lonely. And I just remember as a kid to one, a very clear, a very fucking clear memory that I will never forget that I would constantly do is I would, I would. After fighting with my sister, getting my ass fucking beat, (laughs) I would go to my room, I would grab a picture of my mom, I would grab a shirt or something that my mom wore, and I would hug that. That was as close as I would get to my mom. And smelling her and looking at her through a picture and through a shirt, it was kind of my way to kind of feel as if my mother was hugging me. And as I got older, that boy stayed there. I hated my father for not being a part of my life. I felt that everything that I lived through being at other people's houses and stuff like that, it was his fault. I felt that, um, you know, everything that it could have been different and he was there, maybe not, maybe yes, I don't know, but I blamed him. And then I blamed him for not being able to see my mother because now she had a work to make up for him. And this is where it becomes dangerous. You know, this is where it becomes dangerous because when you have a a kid that was raised like this and now he is becoming a teenager and I know for a fact I'm not the only one that's dealt like this or is raised like that or is living like that. I guarantee you there's more that live this way. But now when you're being raised and now you're a teenager and you're going through this, you become very vulnerable. Super, super vulnerable. Anything that it seems cool, any guys, any group of settings, any sort of protection, any sort of anything you tend to follow or be a part of just because you want to be a part of something. Years and years of not being or not having anything to have one friend or two friends or three friends or group of friends, you would do anything to have that because that's something you were missing. For a long period of my time, I remember as a teenager, for some reason, big families always seemed cool to me having brothers always seemed cool to me. Having a brother was probably one of the things I wanted the most. I think I wanted a brother more than I wanted a dad, to be real. I really, really wanted a brother. And the reason why this is dangerous to this time, because if the wrong person would have been a part of my life, what if I had a gang member, a thief, a criminal, whatever, some sort of person that could have used me to commit crimes or do things, I probably would have done it just to have his blessings and just feel, just to be a part of it. In my case, I got lucky though. God blessed me with a brother. And the brother he blessed me with was my sister's then boyfriend, now husband, Andres. Andres Quintanilla came into my life when I was... I believe I was 14, no, I was like 12, 12, 13 years old. No, I was, I was like 12 years old. My sister left, uh, our, uh, my sister left my house. She left the house when she was 14 to live with Andres. And so from seven years old up, I was alone. So that means I was running the, 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 the bus alone, I was running the light rail, I was on the light rail alone. I was going from North to South Sac alone, eight years old on the light rail. Uh, just to get to my cousin's house or just to go to boxing or just to do this or whatever. I was alone. And when Andres came to my life, uh, it, 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 I, I don't know what at, at make, created that attachment for him with me. I look back now and I feel like because he was in a similar situation where his father was not a part of his life, maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. I can't really speak for why he was like this, but he, he became... Very involved in my life. It started with playing basketball with me at the park to putting me on my first basketball team. I would have never played sports if it wasn't for Andres. He put me in basketball and he would always put give me gear. Nice shoes, nice everything. He was just, he he would always make sure I was looking good for basketball. And then he eventually got me into wrestling. He talked wrestling up. I got into wrestling. He talked boxing up, got me into boxing. I still remember where we were eating at and where I was sitting when boxing came up and we made it happen. We were eating at old spaghetti factory. We were trying to figure out how the fuck we're going to pay for boxing. And then second, how the hell are we going to get Jose to boxing? And together as a family, we came up with that plan. And together, I was like, you know, I'll find my way there because I really wanted to be there. But none of that would have been possible. None of this would have been possible. And none of these conversations I'm having on this podcast would be possible if it wasn't for Andres. And I remember what really sold me about boxing. Andres really, for some reason, you would think you would sell like being a world champion and fighting on HBO and all this. But Andres really kept bringing up the Olympics to me. He talked about De La Hoya winning a gold medal for his mother that passed away. And he just talked about how badass it is to be on a world stage representing your country, and that right there was my light bulb. That was why I dedicated 100% of my day, my life to boxing. To Andres for thanks to Andres for having that conversation and planting that seed to me, planting that seed in me. And that's where the positive male role model kind of began with him. Yes, he got me into sports, but what else did Andres do for me? the conversations we had. So on our way to go play basketball or on the way to go shop for me, we would go to Ross. And it was funny because I remember my sister would be working and then she's like, what are you guys doing and fucking we're at Ross and guess who's fucking buying me clothes? that's is buying me clothes. She's like, why are you spending so much fucking money on him? Leave him alone, Da 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 da. But uh, on our way to Ross and all that, it created this bond, that brotherly bond. Like I would dress like him, I wanted to be like him. I said, I said things like him. If I had uh, my, like my basketball moves, I wanted to do it like him, anything like him. And we started having these conversations about becoming a man. You know, I remember there was this, there was this um, dude when I was, how old was I? I think I was like eight years old, nine years old, around there, eight, nine years old. And there was this kid that would always look at me a certain way but he would always do it with a group of people. And I was always intimidated because it wasn't just him. It was like him and 10 other dudes. And I'm like, damn, if I say anything, I'm about to get jumped by him and 10 other dudes. And I, I, and him talking to me and creating that bond with me, he kind of helped uh, me open up to this. I would have never brought this story up to him or I never would even brought up this kid to him if it wasn't for him. Creating that bond with me, taking me to the Ross and we're talking da 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 da, da and this and that. And then I told him, look, there's this is fucking kid. And then he was like, I remember we were driving and he's completely stopped the car. He was like, hold up. He's like, Jose. Next time you see this motherfucker, you better call his ass out, push his ass or something. And then he explained to me why it was important. He said, if you don't do this now, you're going to live with this forever. And then you're going to create this habit of letting people walk all over you forever this is part of being a man. He's in your case, in our case, not having a father, becoming a man is not at 18 years old. Becoming a man may be at eight years old for you. So it's time for you to speak up. No one else is going to speak up for you. And it just, it it resonated. It stayed in my head. And it was months after. I didn't Because this kid and I, we didn't go to the same school. It was like a neighborhood thing where I was at. So it's not like I saw him at school or anything like that. And he was older than me too because I think he was, he was like, if i had to guess he was like 3 years, 4 years older than me so i he was like 12 years old i was like 8 years old he was probably in middle school i was still in fucking elementary and um and i was at the i was at the bus stop one time the public bus not the fucking yellow bus i was getting ready to go somewhere and as i was sitting in the public bus he walks he he's riding his skateboard and he's smashing down and i see him and i see him from a distance and as he's looking at me I'm, I lock eyes with him. I'm, I'm like this. And then I just can't remember what Andres told me. I'm like, I'm like, this is my fucking chance. Am I ever going to say something? Speak the fuck up now. You know, that. that's what I was thinking. I'm already getting pumped up. I'm, I can't wait till he gets close to me. Soon as he gets close to me, he looks at me. And uh, he actually got off his skateboard. And he's holding his skateboard. And he starts walking towards me. And then I just stood there. And as I stood there, he bumped shoulders with me. Boom, we bump shoulders, we look at each other, and then I look at him, and I'm like, I don't remember the exact words of what I said to him, but I said something along the lines, like, what the fuck's your problem? And he was in shock. I think he was so used to mugging me and me not ever saying nothing. The fact that I spoke up and, and my little bumping up to a fucking dude that's three, four years older than me and not giving a fuck, shocked him. After that, he shook my hand. He tried to act like we were homies. I was in shock. But that's right there is what I mean by a positive male role model. Andres spoke up. Andres communicated to me what I needed to do to become a man. And I'm not saying go around and bump people and fucking push each other, but you know damn well you need this to be a man. Because this is the beginning stages of you growing as a father. Because when you start raising your family, And someone says something to your family and you are so used to not saying nothing, you're never going to speak up for your kids, for your wife. Or what if someone's punking your kid? How are you going to communicate this to your kid if you've never done it, if you've never lived it? And these are important things a kid needs, male or female. We all need this. And these are things that your mother is not going to teach you. And this brings up, um, I got a message. I I was mentioned that I was going to talk about this on Instagram. And Erica sent me a message. You know what? I'm going to actually read Erica's message. Erica said, young men need a positive male role model. Being a well-balanced man isn't easy. Same who can relate to all people. Guys, girls, uh, authoritative figures, understanding, compassion, ego, and being a good human. What does all that look like? How to stand by what you believe in. And that is a good fucking statement and question she brought up and great for this for this episode, because, you know, even as an adult, as I got older, there were things that I did not know how to do or things that I think your father could have helped you with, like doing things around the house. And I'm not talking about cleaning. I'm talking about shit, something simple. I don't know, or like changing an oil on your car, uh, uh, your tire, changing the tire in your car. Little things like that or anything like where it's part of a man to provide for their family in that aspect, and that's something that I lacked. It's also the ego part, like Erica said, how do you how do you understand egos and all this and the communication and compassion? How do you show love? These are all things that I feel males are lacking because we are not taught none of that. How do you deal with egos? You don't deal with egos showing off your ego and bumping up your ego and his ego and you guys going at it. That is not how you deal with ego. You deal with ego with understanding them and how they feel and them understanding you and how you feel. But that starts with conversations. Conversations start with uh, confrontations. Like you have to confront them. How are you gonna do that if you are afraid of confrontations? If you were never taught how how to confront somebody? How are you gonna do that? And these are all things again that your father teaches you. So if you're a single mother, make sure you have your son or daughter around positive male role models. And you may be like, oh, he has his dad at home, or he has this at home or whatever. Having a guy at home is not necessarily a positive male role model. It could be a male influence, but is it a positive male influence? What's the difference? The difference is, One is talking to them, one is getting to know them. Remember I mentioned Andres taking me to Ross and without him building these conversations and these with me, I would have never opened up to him. This is what you need from that male at home, creating conversations with your kids, talking to them, spending one-on-one time creating a relationship with them. That relationship is what's gonna create the trust. With the trust is what's gonna create Them to open up and share things with you that they possibly wouldn't share with you. This is where I hold my dates high up. I I uh my my guy Stan Zuku is the one who gave me ideas about going to dates with your kids. And he told me this a few years ago, and I've been and I've actually held them up pretty good. I do fall off track, I don't do it all the time, and I do, I am human and I fuck up, and I'm oh shit. But you know what i gave that responsibility to my son i told my son if i do not take you out on a date and it's sunday and we didn't do nothing and you see me not doing something to be with you remind me hey dad it's noon how come we haven't done our date hey dad what are we gonna do today hey dad tomorrow's sunday hey dad what are we gonna do this week blah 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 talk to your kid there's nothing wrong with your kid holding you accountable nothing wrong with that that just shows that you're you're not putting yourself in a pedestal. It's not dad's way and your kid's way. It's your guys' relationship being uh, completely equal both ways. And for all the adults out there, you know, these are all having a, a male, positive male role model or influence. Not I'm going to call them role model. Influence, even role model, whatever you want to call them. It's good regardless if you're a little kid or you're a teenager, even as you get older even if you're in your 30s, 40 years old, having someone there that can guide you or talk to you in a good way and give you good advice from a male's perspective. You know, that's always good to have. Just like it would be to have a good female perspective that tells you, oh, you know, your wife's probably dealing with this right now. And you quite not understanding, you definitely not understanding because you two are fighting right now at home and you're hearing it because you don't want to hear it and you don't want to listen and you don't want to understand it. Sometimes hearing it from a a friend or someone you respect, admire, would come out different. Quick recap, a male influence in a boy's life helps turn that boy into a man. Things that are gonna happen to that boy, that male is gonna help them, guide him into turning him into that man we all want for our families and our communities. Shout out to Andres Quintanilla, man. Thank you, brother, for for everything you've done for me, I hope that your kids, Mia, Isaac, Andrea, my kids, Alonso and, and Valentin, know the history, know the story, know how much you really mean and what big role you played in this. My sister, Vidiana, thank you for, for bringing Andres to me. Thank you for all this. You guys completely, completely saved my life. So this episode is for you guys. I love you guys to fucking death. Thank you so much. I there's no words I can ever say or do to pay you back to what you guys did to save me. So thank you. And last but not least, hope you guys have a great Monday. But before you do that, please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. You know, I have zero comments on the new season. Zero, zero comments. Zero. Let me know which one's your favorite episode, which one did you like the most. And if you know anyone that will gain from this, or it's just a great episode you wanna share, put it on your story, tag me, share it with somebody, pass it to them, let them know, hey, you just need to listen to this. Thank me later. Hope you have a great week. I'll see you guys next week where I'm gonna be talking about, you know what? I'm gonna just tell you the name of uh, the, uh, the next episode, Fuck School. See you next Monday. I'm out.